All right. This is Johnny Phoenix coming to you live from Washington State. I've got my man Mike One with us, and this is our inaugural episode of Two Genius, One Idiot. We are missing our counterpart, Tommy, today. Uh, had something come up, but we're going to go ahead and proceed without him. So that is us. I'm Johnny Phoenix. And uh, I'm Mike One. Ah, oh, dude, no, this is a bad start to our first episode for you to <laughs> oh, interrupt me right man, in I the middle tired. of my introduction. What are you talking, man? Like, it's not That's, a monologue. God, you're not accepting look, an award or something. Jeez Louise. Well, yeah, and when I do accept my first award, I'm not thanking you. I'm going to be like, <laughs> fuck Mike one. <laughs> that guy always pissed me off. From the first minute of the first episode, oh, already pissed me off. Great. Hey, that's how we roll. Keep going, Johnny. Keep going. All right. All right. So just that's a brief introduction of us. Uh, again, we're missing Tommy, but he'll be here next week or our next episode. Um, with that being said, uh, we'll just give you a brief background. I am, if you don't know already, uh, a huge fan of the Miami Dolphins, greatest franchise to ever grace the surface of this planet and the core and Mike. Yes, that is me. Packer fan all the way. Look, I'm an old man, but I have farm strength. Farm strength. Yeah. You know, from like shucking all those bays of hail. You ain't shucked. Not one bay of hell your entire life. It's rough duty, man. Yeah, milking all you know those what's, cows what's, at like ten in the morning, dude. Hold on, because I'm not gonna let you get away with this R- by manufacturing a history for yourself that doesn't actually exist. You ain't milked a cow. You ain't milked a bull. Well, you might have milked a bull once or twice, but <laughs> I, I get that you, you're gonna have a different persona for this whole podcast. But I'm you don't get to make that shit up. You're not a farm boy. Look, the reason why I was milking cows at 10 in the morning was because that was when my lunch was from my first job. So you had to get it on tap? Why were you milking a cow? I had to go to work early in the morning at lunchtime, go home, milk the cows, because, look, we got to eat and drink and then go back to work and finish my shift. You know, I used to schedule porty potty deliveries. You know, it's crazy. I, how long have we known each other now, Mike? <laughs> it's it's been roughly we'll say like sixteen years. That sound about right? Yeah, yeah. I've known you sixteen years, and this is the very first time I'm hearing any of this. So I I call bullshit on. All right, well that's fair. All that's of fair. it. That's fair. See, Look, you know, I, just, I, I had to test your. Uh, I had to test your uh, private investigated investigatory skills. All right. Well, I mean, that's cool. Or you were testing out your liary so you could have another entry in it. Dear liary, <laughs> today I told Johnny a story. He didn't believe me. He's on to me. That guy's so smart. He's going to be a genius. Yep. All right. So typically with this podcast, what we're going to focus on is mostly um, NFL and some UFC in there and then some college and recruiting and then like the draft as it comes up. And then if we get bored, we'll just talk about whatever we feel like it. So uh, right now we'll get into it. Um, We're making these picks prior to the games happening. So then that way uh, Mike's going to look real silly afterwards because he's going to be wrong 
This guy. Uh, so the very first game that's coming up is the San Francisco 49ers versus the Vikings. Um, so we have Tommy sent us his picks because he's literally is he's not even phoning it in. He's texting it in mm. a very millennial thing to do. Yeah. Um, but his pick was the 49ers um, as a avid Seahawks fan. It's weird to see him p- make that pick. Um, but how, how do you feel about this game? Uh, I'm excited about this game. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I don't know. It's uh, The Vikings are coming <clears> off <throat> a big win. I think they have a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, if you saw the locker room after the game, uh, Kirk Cousins said the three words that we heard him say years ago, right? You like that? So, you know, with that being said, um, I would love to see the Vikings go in and upset the Niners. I would love to see that. Okay. So that's what you'd like to see, but is that actually who you're picking is Vikings over San Francisco? No, I'm picking the Niners. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have – so. Rather than taking a stance, you have chosen to ride the line of this is what I want to happen, but this is what I predict will happen. Yeah, I mean, I would look. All right, cool. I, I would love to see a Green Bay versus Vikings <clears throat> NFC Championship. I'm just saying, we'll get to that, but I'm just saying. Okay, okay, I, I can respect that. Um, if, for my pick, I think that the San Francisco 49ers are coming off a real big win in Seattle. Um, where they may or may not have got a, a little bit of help from the referees, but a win is a win. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Uh, they are getting healthy. A big addition is at the beginning of the year, the Niners defense was playing lights out. Right. Like they were shutting everybody down every game, and it was no question that the first half of the season they were the best team in football. Yeah. So I, I believe they were the last undefeated team. Uh, one of the big things that happened during that transition is that they started to get hit with the injury bug. Mm. And one of the big pieces was Quan Alexander, who's just a spark plug on their defense. And now that he's actually coming back for this game, now granted, I don't think he's going to be 100% healthy, but just the fact that he'll be out there, I think can give the Niners defense the spark that they need to play, uh, get back to that uh, beginning of the season form that they were displaying. Now, if that defense starts playing like that, I not only think they're going to win this game, I think they might win the whole thing. Uh, but I guess that's getting a little bit ahead of myself. But we'll see. Well, I, I mean, think today's a good test for them. You know, But I am picking 49ers. Well, and if you got to worry about him and Nick Bosa, you know, <laughs> now now you're planning for two big defensive players, right? I mean, so that it adds a quandary for the offensive coordinators to figure out another puzzle for the Niners defense. Right, right. And then um, one of my favorite players on the Niners defense is actually uh, Fred Warner. I think he's super underrated. Like every time you hear about a big play being made by them, he is either the catalyst for that play or he's in the same uh, screen as wherever the ball is, every defensive play. Right. So I think him him playing the way he has, and then you know they obviously got the veteran leadership with Richard Sherman, um, and then they've got all those other you know I think they have like four first round picks as their starting defensive line, and I think it's actually uh, the lowest is a top ten. The rest are all top five picks. Sure, Frank Clark is he Niners? No, Frank Clark actually plays for uh, 
Kansas City now. Uh, that's that's where. That's right. Okay, that's right. Okay. All right. So then, so we've got Niners, Niners, Niners as our pick. So okay. no tie break needed. Uh, but Eric's pick is Niners. Eric's pick is also the Niners. All right. So we got we're all in consensus that it's going to be the Niners, which means it's going to be the Vikings. Um, <laughs> so then the next matchup today, I believe, is the Ravens versus the Titans, correct? Correct. In Baltimore. In Baltimore. Okay. In Baltimore. So let's hear your take on this. Who who do you have in this matchup? Look, I think the Ravens are going to win this game. Uh, I don't think any defense has figured out how to stop this offense, uh, both running from the quarterback and the running back, like regardless of who's got the ball. They don't know who's going to have it. Jackson is so fast. Like he's Michael Vick 2.0. This guy makes everyone on the field look slow. Um, I just don't think – Anybody has figured them out, and I think I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, to be quite honest. Okay, okay. But I will so, say that uh, Titans are favored by nine and a half points. Or, uh, or, no, I'm sorry, Ravens are nine and a half points favored, and I think that uh, that is a good line to bet because I think the Titans will cover because I think it's going to be a closer game than people think because uh, Titans <clears throat> are a pretty uh, gritty team, and I think uh, they're riding pretty high right now. So I think it'll be a good contest, but Ravens will win. Okay, so you got Ravens, and then Tommy's phoned-in bullshit pick um, is the Ravens as well. Okay, all right. Um, so I was giving this some thought actually this morning right before we were getting ready to do this, and my thought is that right now the uh, Derrick Henry is probably playing the best of his career right now. Yeah. And if the Titans can establish that running game early – keep Baltimore's defense honest and then by some miracle contain Jackson on the other side of the ball. Um, I think the Titans defense is good enough to keep them semi-honest, maybe not shut him down, but I mean, who else is going to, they just have to contain him, keep the score as low as possible. Let Ryan Tannehill and more specifically, Derrick Henry establish the running game. They got some big receivers on the outside. They've got, you know, Deion Lewis can come in and yeah. uh, is good as far as coming out of the backfield receiving. Yep. Um, I just, my brain says Ravens, but my gut is telling me that the Titans are going to upset them today. And here's why is um, Lamar Jackson, like you said, is Mike Vick 2.0. What does Mike Vick not have? A Super Bowl ring. Uh-huh. And the reason why he doesn't have this is because in the playoffs when these guys, I think that they can serve themselves a lot during the regular season. And then when it comes to playoff football, they put a lot more on the line and they play a little bit harder because, you know, it's win or go home. I think that that little bit of reserve that they had initially during the regular season, which uh, that led to a lot of successful plays by Lamar Jackson that he's not going to get in the playoffs. Hmm. And, same thing as Michael Vick is that he's going to put up some amazing numbers, set all sorts of records, not win any Super Bowls hmm. um, because he just – it's not the right formula for it. I think that the hybrid quarterbacks um, like Mahomes and, and Russ and even you know when necessary, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, their mobility to get out of the – scramble out of the pocket and improvise is – paramount in the playoffs versus 
Jackson's whole game is that improvisation, and I don't think that's going to work. I think they can scheme it, and then especially a lot of these teams that they're playing in the playoffs on both sides, on the AFC and on the NFC, they've had a chance to play them earlier in the year, and they will have you know got a taste of that, and then now they can scheme for it, and they know what to expect. So I'm I'm picking the Titans with an upset. Ooh, wow! I mean, you know, Titans are the only away team that I would put money on for a potential win just because of the line. Uh, you know, true Henry, you know, he gets stronger second half. There's no doubt about it. He's a big boy. Uh, and Tannehill has been pretty, been playing pretty lights out since he's been there. Uh, and uh, he's, he's doing good things. So yeah, there's a lot of potential for that to happen. I just, I think that uh, the Ravens will uh, just based on Jackson alone, they will ride Jackson to a victory. Okay, that's fair. And I, you know, shout out to Ryan Tannehill. I, I still got love for the guy, even though he's in a different uniform. I want him to see him. I want to see him do well, but I don't want him to, on his very first year after leaving the Dolphins, win a Super Bowl. Like, well, I'm not, I mean, I, <laughs> obviously, this is the Tannehill that the Dolphins were looking for when they signed him for a big contract. Right. And right. He just never yeah. showed up for some reason. Was it the offensive coordinator? What? Was it the head coach there in Miami? What was it? What was it, Johnny? Uh, well, really, the the problem with Tannehill in Miami was, um, you know, poor. We had really bad offensive line, and we continue to have a bad offensive line. Um, and during his time with Miami, it was a coaching carousel. I think he had like, I want to say six, but I literally am pulling that number out of my ass. All right, but fair. that's just it feels feels good. Like we're gonna go with six, possibly <laughs> okay. nine. All right, cool. Right <laughs> on. Yeah, it's no, I, I just think that, that he, I... <laughs> Yeah, that's you, you know who needs, yourself. Who who needs Jeez real who needs real numbers when you could just make them up? <laughs> right. Come on, it's all good. Yes. Yeah, but it's I you know, I, I really man, I still th- I think he played hard for us. Uh, the lack of a good old line got him hurt consistently. Yeah. And then the coach carousel just didn't do him any favors. So, well, I'm impressed you know, with I how do- good he looks. He's playing his, he's playing his ass off. So good for him. Yeah, for sure. I think that he's Look, definitely going to earn a contract. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got to take down the Patriots. I mean, that's a pretty awesome cap in your feather or feather in your cap. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Cap in your feather. Awesome. All right. So then the next matchup would be, let's see. Texans at the Chiefs. Texans at the Chiefs. All right. I'm going to let you open up with this one, sir. Who is it going to be? I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I just think they're just a better team. Um, You know, J.J. Watt coming back is cool. He's dead 100%. Uh, I really thought Deshaun Watson would play similar to how Lamar Jackson plays <clears throat> little disappointed in the output from uh, Watson this year. I really thought he'd have a big year and it just really hasn't delivered. Um, you know, I think it'll be a good game in the first half, but I just think the chiefs are just going to wear him out uh, on the ground and in the air. And I think the defense is going to be able to contain uh, Watson. And I think it's going to be a long day for the Texans second half. Okay. Okay. So, I honestly think that the Texans being where they're at right now is completely a smoke show. 
I think that the return of uh, J.J. Watt gave them that little bit extra boost to pull off the uh, victory last week. So mm-hmm. with that being said, um, I'm, I, I, like you, am not a believer in that team. Um, I do think that they've got some potential going forward. I think their defense is suspect, and I think that their offense has some playmakers that may or may not show up given any week. So they some weeks they're – some of the best, like Watson to Hopkins is one of the best duos in the league yeah. until it's the next week, uh, you know, he just Hopkins disappears and Watson stops throwing to him. So I don't know. Right. Um, the other thing is, is that these teams actually remind me a lot of each other. And I'd have to go with the Chiefs just based off the fact that if you have a team that's literally mirrored to each other, I'm going to go with whichever one is the better of the two. And consistency wise, Mahomes, you know, is a good playmaker. He, him and Deshaun uh, Watkins kind of remind me of each other. But the difference is, is that on the Chiefs side of the ball, they've got what I would consider at uh, skill positions, they've got three players that could be considered top five in, in the league. First, I think Mahomes could be top five as a quarterback. Right. I think Kelsey is the number one tight end. And okay. then Tyreek Hill, when he's healthy, could also be a top five receiver. So that's what they're working with on that side of the ball. And they've got some, you know, pro bowlers on the offensive line that help uh, old man Shady McCoy. uh, And if he's healthy, Damian Williams, also, you know, former Dolphin, shout out to Damian. Um, If he, if they have a good game, you know, I trust their running game more than I trust the Houston's, uh, excuse me, Texans uh, running game. So it's, I just I, I'm gonna pick them, and then their defense is you know playing well uh, towards the end of the year. Got um, I think they're gonna be missing D Ford, so that should affect their pass rush. But other than that, yeah, the mirrored teams. I'm gonna take the one that passes the eyeball test better. Okay. And then Tommy's pick was the Chiefs as well, and then okay. Eric's pick is Chiefs. And then actually right. the the Titans versus Ravens. What was your pick, Eric? Ravens. So we got okay. Ravens, Ravens. So three for the Ravens, one for the Titans. And then we got all four for the Chiefs. Yep. And then all four for the Niners. Right. All right. Last matchup. Yeah. A controversial matchup for this particular podcast with only the Green Bay side being represented this time. Go, uh, Pat, go. The. Green Bay Packers versus the Seattle Seahawks at Lambeau Field. Mike. Yeah. Who do you want? Oh, come on. Hands down. Green Bay all the way. Green Bay all the way. Look, a couple <clears throat> things. Russ is 0-9 in Lambeau Field, right? He's not played there well. Uh, look, their, their offensive line, the Hawks' offensive line is decimated. They just had to pull someone up from the practice squad to help fill a spot in their offensive line. So they're hurting. They're going against a good D-line with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we got the Smith brothers, who both players, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, both have 10-plus sacks each. Uh, so they're hungry. You know, they're coming for it. They know that all eyes are on them, and uh, they're, they're, they're ready to stand up and show the world they're ready. Uh, and I think on offense, Aaron Jones, uh, one of the leading rushers in the NFL, I think if we get that run game going against Seattle's defense, and I know their defense isn't bad, but uh, I think we can establish the run. 
And if we do that, it's going to be play action, deep pass, play action, midfield. I mean, we're just going to shred the defense. Uh, if you guys remember the the playoff game in 2014, which uh, I still have PTSD from uh, when we lost in the NFC Championship game. Huge, huge. But if you remember that so first said, half. Uh, PSTD, was that Packers still talking dumb? Is that what that stands oh, for? Oh, shut up. Look, <laughs> look, we were shredding the defense in that first half. And I predict that it's going to be similar to that uh, this game. I think the uh, Packers are going to win by at least for the 14. second half, though, hopefully. <laughs> no, I, yeah, different second half, absolutely. But we have to have a lead going in at halftime, I believe. If it's a close game at halftime, I will be very nervous. I don't like playing the uh, Seahawks because they're never out of it. And uh, everyone saw what they can do in 2014 with a little help from our awesome players. But let me just say, look, not going to happen again. Green Bay all the way. All right. Well, I um, have been cultivating a healthy disdain for the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> for many years now. What's weird, though, is I actually had this conversation of where that came from, but we can go into that later. Um, as far as this game, um, first and foremost – do you have any idea what the weather is going to be like? Other than I know there's a lot of snow there. The forecast is not uh, calling for snow. It's going to be a high of like 22. Mm. So it should be pretty crisp air, cold. You know, it'll be frozen tundra for sure, but I don't think there will be a lot of snow. Right, right. So in a city um, where both – well, both cities are kind of known for their snowflakes, Green Bay would be like the snowflakes that fall on the ground and Seattle would be the – Proverbial snow. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> apply cold water to that burn. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so with that being said, is um, if I take that hatred out of it, um, and you just look at the play on the field and what's been happening lately, is I think that the Seahawks um, benefited from a very, very questionable play that changed the outcome of the game last week. I think that they. Um, with a gym teacher that came, you know, straight from the cafeteria to the field and on the way tore his quad or his hamstring um, and still managed to keep this game close, they sh Seattle should be very worried because um, the defense, uh, in reality, the defense between the Philly, uh, Philly and the Packers is pretty similar as far as they have a very strong unit up front, which is going to be helpful against stopping Marshawn Lynch and then Homer. Um, I'm not buying into feast mode um, coming in and making a big difference. I think that he's gotten some gimme plays with a couple of uh, well-designed plays where he got some yardage on. I can't take that from him. But what I can take you is the fact that uh, the hype behind it is it's not real. If anything, they need to start feeding Homer the ball because he right. has looked he's looked really good. Um, he's younger. He's got fresh legs. I get the change of pace. You got, you know, uh, the lightning flash of Homer and then the thundering couch potato boom of uh, Marshawn Lynch. And it's just the combo is not going to hold up against a good team. And that's what they're going to be facing in the Green Bay Packers is that they're, you know, the Packers look good on both sides of the ball. I trust them on offense. And then if the weather's bad for some reason, um, it's then I, it comes down to the running game. 
whose running game do you trust more? And I trust Aaron Jones more than I trust the uh, the patchwork. Um, <laughs> the patchwork, you know, that, that's the only way I can think yeah. of it. Is like they, they basically got these guys off the street. Um, I was interested that they didn't – I thought that they should have picked up Jay Ajahi, but that's just neither here nor there since uh, since Philly cut him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going with the Packers on this one. I think that it's not um, – I think it's not going to be – picked up the Seahawk again. What's his face? He hasn't even ran the ball yet, but uh, – Right. Uh, Robert Turbin. Turbin, yeah. Man, they brought him yeah. back too, but he hasn't even touched the ball yet. You know what he has been touching? He's been touching the craft services because that guy has put on a little bit of weight since he was in Seattle. And it's not the – initially it was the weight gainer. He was bulking Uh, up. Yeah, but that's what happens when you sit on – you know, when you sit on on the sidelines for a year and a half. And I want to make a note. I didn't even – I didn't even mention Seattle's running game when I was talking about this game synapses because I think it'll be that irrelevant. Ooh, ooh, play on words. Mm. I like your style, sir. All right, so <laughs> so with that being said is, um, so we got two Packers and Tommy's was <clears throat> shithawks. Um, so we got two to one. So in our scenario, the Packers move on. So what we're looking yes. at is in the AFC, the matchup would be the Ravens versus the Chiefs, and then it would be 49ers versus the Packers. Now it would be home game for Baltimore, home game for the 49ers. Let's start with the yep. AFC, Ravens versus Chiefs. Who you got? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a really good competition because it's two very good teams, but I still do believe that no defensive coordinator has been able to put a game plan that can, that is able to – shut down Lamar Jackson. And I think because of that, uh, they are going to win. Riding Lamar Jackson. Man, you, you really, you, you're very sold on Lamar Jackson, I'm, I'm noticing. I really am. Because of what I've seen, man, he's making these professional defensive players look like elementary people. It's crazy. I got it's crazy. you. So it's the, the JV versus like the freshman team. Pretty much, pretty much. It seems unfair. The varsity versus the freshman team. Right. Seems you unfair what I mean. at times. Ah, it does. I know it what does. you mean. I'm not here to correct you, Johnny. I'm not here to correct you. It's okay. I wouldn't allow you to do that anyways. Um, with that being said, uh, Ravens versus Chiefs. Now, granted, I picked the Titans to upset the Ravens. So in this scenario, I'd be betting against my pick already. With that being said, Ravens versus Chiefs, I think the Ravens win too. Um, I think that it'll be a high-scoring game, and based off what I saw from them earlier in the year, if I remember correctly, the Ravens won that game, and it was a high-scoring game. The Chiefs' defense just couldn't keep pace with slowing down Lamar Jackson enough for Patrick Mahomes and the boys to score enough points to keep him in that game. So I think it'll be a similar outcome. I think that the Chiefs' offense will score points, but don't think the Chiefs' defense will keep him in it enough to win that game. Agreed. And I think the uh, Ravens' defense is better than the Chiefs' defense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Eric, Chiefs are Ravens. And it's in Baltimore if if this scenario plays out. Uh, 
I'd go with the Chiefs. Eric, picking the Chiefs. Wow, what the upset? Picking the Chiefs. I I feel like we need uh, more of an explanation on this, Eric. Please, I'll, uh, what what makes you think that the Ravens can't, or that the Chiefs would beat the Ravens? And I'll repeat it so then that way they can definitely hear it. Got, I, I feel they can't like be their cheerleaders are hotter. Good win, and uh, may uh, you know rest on their laurels a little bit, and <clears throat> um, you know the Chiefs I think have an easier fight, and they'll go in there strong and, and take it to the Ravens. Okay, wow, so, I like it. Oh, so you can hear it? Okay, good. Uh, so I was able to hear it. Yep. Okay, cool. And then again in. My pick, though, is that the Titans would beat the Ravens. Uh, with that being said, if that was to come to fruition, I think the Chiefs would beat the Titans. So, right wow, yeah. So, but for our pick sake so far, it was two Ravens, one Chiefs. So the Ravens would be your AFC representative in the Super Bowl. So let's go right. to the other side. We've got San Francisco versus the Packers in San Francisco. Who do you got? All right, so when the Niners and Packers played earlier in the season, the Niners were a very strong team. Uh, the Packers were a team that were under a new coach, uh, trying to figure out who they were, and it was a competitive competition. They didn't win by – I think they won by less than a touchdown. Um, so going into that now, the Niners, I feel, are not as good as they were beginning of the season. And I think because of that, the Packers, I believe, have found their identity uh, and really can ride the wave with Aaron Jones. If they can get that running game going, uh, that's just going to open the door for Rodgers. And we know that if the running game's working and Rodgers has time, I don't think there's a defense out there that can stop him from doing what he does. Uh, So I think, uh, you know, Rodgers and the team, they really have something special going in the locker room. I really think they can go into San Francisco and uh, beat the Niners. And, I, you know, okay. also, uh, you know, Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder every time he plays the Niners because they pass him in the draft. So that's always extra motivation for him. I understand. Okay. Well, I could see the point of your argument. Um, it is with great pleasure that I point out the fact that 29 points is not barely squeaking out a win when they met earlier this year <laughs> the score was hold on 37 to 8 oh so see it was really close see they only got us by a few in what universe is losing by 29 points close there's some games where both teams don't score 29 points and these guys put up that much more than you on top of what you guys scored so yeah, first off you know, is that different different month you know yeah i i agree that uh, now i will grant you that this is going to be a closer game than that but when they beat you by 21 instead of 29 mm. it's still going to be an ass whooping so I, I i don't believe it you know it's it won't be like a home game for the niners because the packers <clears throat> travel well so it's going to be a quarter packers fan in that stadium so it's not going to cool. be a home game necessarily for them you can Look. pack them in is to the brim and it's not going to make a difference because you want to what happened last time is where did they play this last game at the one I referred to where you lost it was by in, 29 it was in points. san francisco oh okay so they're playing there again but this time right. somehow the result's going to be different 
we're just a better team. And they I, are not. I see. I see. Okay. So at that point in time when you guys met, I, I believe you guys had very similar records. You might have had one more loss than they did, but they right. were yeah. So they were coming off to where they were going through murderer's row where they were playing you guys, the Vikings, and the Saints. And it was uh the best record, combined record of any team's schedule that late in the season. Uh, did that make sense what I just said? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I understand so, what you said. And they came out, the Niners went through that and came out, oh, excuse me, it was Green Bay, Baltimore, and New Orleans. Uh, sure. And they came out of that 2-1, and one, and when they lost to Baltimore, it was only by a field goal. Um, sure. So, And then this team is tested those last two games of the season. They beat the Rams, very close game. They beat mm-hmm. Seattle, very close game. And they did both mm-hmm. of those. Well, one was in San Francisco. The other one was obviously in Seattle where, right. you know, you all you have to play the refs as well. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so in this case, um, I'm going to take the 49ers for the fact that um, they have some really good running backs in uh, Moster. They've got Brita. They even got uh, – what's – Coleman, they got my man George Killa Kittle. Oh, yeah, people up, and then they've also got you know a, a developing talent in Debo Samuel. They have Emmanuel Sanders, and then what people forget is they also have Dante Pettis. Now I'm not sure if Pettis is injured or not because I think I've seen him in the not games, sure. but he's kind of disappeared because of all these other guys emerging. But again, like I said, is Quan Alexander coming back and the pieces that they have on that defense. If they start playing how they played the first half of the season, nobody that's left can beat them. That's my opinion. So I would valid if they're playing at that level. I agree. I just don't think they are. True. True. Yeah. You know, they definitely haven't lately, but they have played well enough to where when they played a bunch of these good teams, they've pulled out these games Uh, with the exception of the Ravens. And even then, it could have went either way. But then they kind of sure. – and it was kind of a controversial call against the Falcons that cost them that win. Now, right. valid, yes, but it also was – it could have went either way. Agreed. So I think they're uh, – I just I, – I believe in that team. I think that they're better than That's people cool. give them credit for. Understood. Understood. And I'm going to ask him, but I know the pick already. Eric? Green Bay versus 49ers in San Francisco. Who wins that matchup? 49ers. Shocker that the 49ers fan picked the 49ers. I feel like the only object, uh, you know, the only person here who could really make a, a solid pick on this because I'm not a. F- eh. I like both teams, Green Bay and San Francisco. So a lot of history there. Yeah, there Even is. Brett Favre, Steve Young. Some good eras there. Late 90s. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And then both teams working towards creating that same mystique now in the 2020. What about Tommy's pick? Doesn't fucking matter. I mean, hold on. Yeah, right. I guess that's fair. <laughs> um, well, Tommy didn't have a pick because he only gave us his picks for this week. I don't think he realized okay. that he needed to continue. But Tommy's right, pick fair. in this round would be the Seahawks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even if they're, even when they're sitting on the couch at home. Watching right. this game, Tommy's going to pick the Seahawks. 
All right, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So then right. our our Super Bowl matchup at this point that would be Ravens versus 49ers in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Shout out to the Dolphins. Yeah. I was really hoping Miami. this would, I was really really hoping that this would be a home game for them. A couple years back when I heard that this was uh the site of the Super Bowl, but obviously that didn't pan out quite the way I was hoping. Not quite. Not quite. So Close. give me your pick. Who do you got? Well, Ravens and Niners. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Ravens, man. I think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Absolutely do. I mean, I just, again, as good as uh, San Francisco's defense is, as good as pass rushes, our pass rushes have been, um, no one's been able to contain Lamar. And I think that continues. Um, I think this is the year for him. I think next year teams will start to figure him out better, but he came on the scene this year and just blew it up. And I think teams are scrambling to figure out how to stop him. Uh, because even when you get pressure on him, he is so good at evading tackles, breaking tackles, making people miss. Um, he's just such an excellent athlete that, uh, yeah, they need to figure out how to contain such an athlete and they haven't done that yet. All right, so the Ravens. Um, so in this game, you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to uh, dick ride Lamar ja- uh, Lamar Jackson because uh, you did plenty of that already throughout <laughs> every single one of these picks. Um, I would have to go again. I'd go with the 49ers. I just think that it's their year. Um, I think that they've got enough weapons on both sides of the ball. And if they, if they play what they're capable of doing, they can beat anybody who's left, including Lamar Jackson. I don't okay. like, I don't like Lamar's, um, the type of quarterback that he is where he's a run first pass second. I don't, they never do well in the playoffs and I don't think that's going to change. Okay. Nice. All right. Yeah. So that's, uh, there's your winner, uh, 49ers because I already know what Eric's going to say. So, <laughs> Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Yeah, and then again, Tommy, even though they'll be sitting at home, we'll pick the Patriots. Uh, Beast mode. No, he's going to pick the Patriots this time. It's just the kind of guy. I actually have a general concern that Beast mode might get hurt. Um, By what? By the. in, In the game or. Yeah, in the game. I just don't okay. think his body is set to take these types of beatings. And, you know, each game they've introduced him a little more into their game plan. But, uh, like, he was a good motivational boost for him. But realistically, other than a goal line or a short distance run, um, he's just not the lynch that he was back in the day. Well, yeah, and I don't think that they were expecting him to to plug him in and just do what he used to do. Um I think it was definitely same as like Oakland bringing him in. It was more of a moral boost than it was a, uh, we want to win with this. I like the guy. Um, in fact, actually one of the things that I saw recently, um, that looks absolutely like it could be the most entertaining thing I've seen on TV in the last 10 years. And that is, do you know the show bar rescue? Yes. With John, John Taffer. Yeah. So the very first episode that's coming up is premiering in the beginning of March. He is doing a bar rescue for Marshawn Lynch's bar that I guess is failing. 
And no way. It, yeah, dude, the you should watch the preview for this. It is fascinating. It really? looks so funny. Yeah, I definitely when you got a chance, check it out on YouTube. All right, um, it will. is. It is looks super entertaining because Marshawn Lynch, like it, it kind of only gives you a minute twenty of it, and towards the end, Marshawn kind of gives you know starts going in on one of his employees who's kind of an asshole, yeah. and Marsh John Taffer is yelling at this guy, and Marshawn very, uh, very m- calmly, but straight out of Oakland, says to the guy, "Hey, you know he's trying to address something with you." And that's taking money right out of my pocket, cuz. Ah, <laughs> nice. It's so funny. And then it cuts to the promo and all that. And uh, I can't wait. I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, nice. Hey, he's good TV. There's no doubt about it. Anything Marshawn's yeah. on, well, I like to watch it. Because, you know, truly, he is himself on the field, off the field. Like, he's the same person. And I think people are right. attracted to that. So good for him. Good for him. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, for that is is – but as far as him lacing it up for the Seahawks, as soon as he put that uniform back on, I was no longer a fan. Well, not not a fan of him. I'm just not a fan of that that awful color. You've seen they brought back the Marshawn Lynch Beacon commercials. Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, to each his own. I mean, if you're a business and you run it and you don't want to make money, that's that's a good way. Poor Wagner. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we got our picks in, um, and majority wins. So 49ers are who we are predicting as your Super Bowl champ this year. Moving on from that, one of the things I wanted to address because I, and I'm really, really regretful that Tommy's not here for this because this is going to sound like a one sided argument. And granted, I feel like me against him, it would have, anyways. But, um, <laughs> Jadavian Clowney, his hit on Carson Wentz, was this a dirty hit or was it just an incidental contact? What's your thoughts? Look, I think, uh, you know, the bang-bang play, when you saw it, I thought, okay, it is what it is. It it happened. But when they slowed it down, uh, you can clearly see that uh, Jadavian goes into, like, full diving tuck mode, puts his arms behind him and goes torpedo with the crown of his helmet into the back of Wentz's head. So, look, I don't think by any means that he's a dirty player, but I do think that was a dirty play. Right, right. Now, my opinion is that uh, not only was it intentional, but I think it was coached. I think that this is something that I've seen from that organization and the Seahawks, them targeting of very vital pieces on other other uh, teams. And they say, you know, if, if you get the late hit, not necessarily like blatantly dirty, but if you're going to get that incidental contact, make it worth it for our team. That's And sure. not saying that that's necessarily something that other teams don't do, but i just seen it a lot from the Seahawks. And you add, you know, I, I recognize 100% that I'm biased, but every time I see it, it happens more with them than any other team that I've noticed. But it's also because I'm paying attention that. to them to find find stuff to – bitch about pretty much <laughs> no so, i agree i think that that is true though i think you're right i think you're right they do you know they're coached to uh put a hit on the ball or you know on on the quarterback any chance you get you know hit him and hit him hard when you can and i it's agree that is a coach piece 
Uh, Uh-oh. Can I Hello? Get, can I get a technical pause? Are you there? I'm here. I, I can hear you. Okay, cool. I just the video kind of went uh, wonky there for a second. So, you know, we're still you. trial and error. We're figuring this whole thing out. So no big deal. Um, and I do. I think that he changed the outcome of this game with that. And he looked like he was doing um, a Jimmy Superfly Schnooka splash mm. from the top rope. That's what I viewed it as. And I'm surprised when he stood up, he didn't like point into the crowd and like do the Hulk Hogan ear thing where he goes to each hey. side of the stadium <laughs> to hear it because that it was, it was, a, uh, it was a hit job. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Just didn't count on it looking as bad as it did. <laughs> like, cause on, on right. film, it looked awful. You know, and I, I talked to a lot of Seahawks fans about that hit. Of course, no one would admit that it was a dirty hit from their end. Um, their biggest defense is if it was a dirty hit, why didn't he get fined? Um, and I guess that's a valid argument. I mean, the league didn't deem that hit dirty for whatever reason. But when they slow it down and I look at it, I I do think that it was a dirty hit. And like you said, it was intentional. Uh, but I don't think that Jadavian is a dirty player by any, by any means, not from anything that I've seen up to this point. And again, as I, I will maintain that I I cannot wait to see him in a different uniform next year. And I'll be a Jadavian Clowney fan again. But until then, as long as he sports that awful organization's colors proudly and takes out dirty hits that knock another team's, you know, playoff hopes into the dirt, I, I can't support that. So who do you think he's going to go to next year? Uh, whoever's got a lot of money. Yeah, he is going to get paid. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think. Um, oh man, I have to refresh. No. Yeah, I mean that's the next episode. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Some of the we'll have to research like cap room stuff like that. Um, I know who's right. got the cap room because I follow theirs, which is Miami. But he said he doesn't want to play there. So I'll, if he doesn't want to play there, then we shouldn't pursue that. Should pursue him, right? Yeah, I mean, but they have such advantages to playing in Florida, one of them being, you know, the no sales tax, so they keep more of their money from those contracts. Right. Right. You're right. All right, so we agree that it's dirty. Well, Tommy, your opinion? Oh, wait, you're not here to give it. Okay, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess, you know, no no answer is agreement, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, silence is, is pretty much a... Right. Exactly. Yeah. Silence is agreement. <laughs> Man, I, I hate to see Me and Tommy don't agree on much, but this time came through for me. Thanks, bud. Anyways, uh, so the next thing that I want to talk about is um, with the Titans having knocked him out of the playoffs, what's next for Tom Brady? Do you think he's going to retire? Is he going to resign with the Patriots? Or if he's going to move on to another team? What team do you see him going to? Give me your thoughts. Uh, my prediction is he's going to stay with the Patriots for two more years. Uh, I say that the Patriots sign him to a two-year contract, give him a good payday. I think he plays next year. They draft a quarterback uh, this offseason, and I think it gives him two years behind Brady for Brady to coach and get him ready. And, and then I think Brady's done. Uh, I don't think Brady is hungry to keep playing football um, I think he feels that he's accomplished what he needs to accomplish. 
I hope that he's learned from the likes of Brett Favre and Joe Montana, you know, trying to keep going after you're done and having unsuccessful careers that, in my opinion, kind of tarnish your legacy. So, you know, Tom Brady, I'm not the biggest fan of the Patriots, but I have mad respect for Tom Brady and what he's done in that system. And uh, I think he's going to stay there for two more years and retire a Patriot. Okay. Okay. So you think that resigning with another team would be a mistake based off of history. Now I would present to counter that is the two people that you mentioned, one being Joe Montana, the other being Brett Favre, both of them, Joe Montana with the chiefs and Brett Favre with the Vikings, both of them made it to their respective conferences championship games. So they did you saying that they didn't have success. They were in the top four with each of those respective teams, and they almost made it to the Super Bowl. So that's agreed, agreed. But nobody cares about almost making it to the Super Bowl. I mean, when you talk about great quarterbacks, there's a reason why Marino doesn't get listed top highly. It's because he doesn't have the rings to back it up. <clears throat> well, getting I'm, close doesn't matter. Well, okay. Now, again, I can't argue the fact that Marino didn't win any Super Bowls. I can argue the fact that Marino is one of the best quarterbacks to have played this game. Uh, oh, I agree with you. But when it comes to conversations, people uh, automatically go to people who have won rings. I mean, when we talk about Brett Favre, how do you won one ring? Nobody talks about the fact that he was in the Super Bowl the next year. Nobody cares. You lost it. So who cares? Well, uh, I mean, not to sound defensive right away, I care. But <laughs> well, of course, you sh- of course, I get it. I get it. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, look, I mean, I mean, when we had those conversations about who's the greatest quarterback, you know, it comes down. How many championships have you won? Even the players know that. I mean, Rogers talking about his career, where he's at, all the statistical things that he's accomplished. He even said in an interview, all that matters now is championship rings. That's that's all that matters. Okay. When you leave that game, that's. That's all people really going to be drawn to. Yes, you get the fans who then we can talk about yardage and we'll bring Marino into that factor. But I, you know, Marino will get mentioned, but I don't think he gets brought up immediately when it comes to the best quarterback simply because of the rings. And I think it goes to uh, Brady, I think, is going to be one of the best simply because of that stat. Well, in my opinion, my opinion, Brady already is the best. Um, I think that. so he's won six of them, but he's been there. I think it's 10 times. So granted he hasn't won all of them like Montana, but he's just the, you know, the guys now coming up on about 10 years in the league or excuse me, 20 years in the league. And of those 20, he's made the super bowl, 10 of them and won six of them. So, I mean, he's produced two different dynasties during his time playing there. And I actually think the later one is more impressive because of the lack of talent that he had versus those early ones in the 2000s. I think they had a lot of good players, a lot of Hall of Famers like Rodney Harrison, uh, mm-hmm. Willie McGinnis, all those guys there yeah. um, versus these now, these teams that he's brought to the Super Bowl and won or even just made it there with. They've all been kind of patchwork um kind of journeyman guys like that have not really had mm-hmm. success with other teams. They come to the Patriots all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're sporting some new jewelry by the end of the season. Yeah. But let's be honest. I mean, Bill Belichick is the real reason why Brady has had so much success. Oh, Oh, I'm I, just saying, I mean that, that year Brady went down and castle stepped up. 
Castle looked just like Brady in that system. But they didn't make the playoffs. Now, you could thank okay, Miami yeah. Dolphins for that. What? What? All right. Well, f- that's fair. Hey, you know, those uh, rivalry games are always good. You guys always play the Patriots well. Well, yeah, that's because we just we just know them. We do. We have, you know, right. Robert Kraft has deep connections in our community, and one of them being uh, his frequenting massage parlors there. So who knows? Maybe we got we got some bodies on him. That's why these games are always close. I think you're going to see – uh, Belichick is not going to be as successful as he was because nobody knew uh, a lot of the things that he knew. You know, he's a very smart coach and he just out coaches a lot of players. But now you got the coach for the Titans who came up underneath him and beat Belichick at his own game at that Titans Patriots game. Did you hear about that? How he used a timeout and took that penalty? Yeah, to did the kill same like a minute and a half. I mean, right. Did same the same thing. thing. Yeah. Was, yeah. Right. And Belichick was smiling the first time. He wasn't smiling this time, you know, but right. that's the kind of stuff is that stuff comes out more and starts to fill in uh, spots within the league. So I, you're referring to the, Belichick chuckling on the sidelines when it was against the Jets, right? When he did that early correct. in the year. Gotcha. Yes, exactly. I did yeah. not see so, that. Yeah. So he, it, so uh, Mike Vrabel, 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 yes. Mike Vrabel. Yeah, Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Mike a- played for him. Mike right? A-hole. The tight um, end. Yeah, he uh, well didn't didn't he play defense too? I thought he played both. You're right, he did play both. He yeah. was a he, he was a switch hitter. Yep. I always thought he was more defensive, and then they tried him out on offense. Anyways, getting off track is uh, so he did the same thing that Belichick was smirking on the sidelines. He did that yeah. to him in the playoff game. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I'm really really don't it. like that. I missed that. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so it's great, you know, and I and, and I think that as coaches, you know, Josh McDaniel's looking at getting a head coaching job soon, you know. So as these coaches that have coached underneath, uh, what's his face, Belichick, uh, you know, I think it's going to start to infiltrate. And I think, you know, there's coaches that have been there before, and then the West Coast offense started to infiltrate the NFL, you know, and pretty soon multiple teams are doing the West Coast offense. And I think Belichick will be the next coach that is going to introduce a new coaching style into the NFL because uh, he's been successful for so many years and has just outcoached people for so many years. And I think that now you know, his secrets are going to start to be seen more often because different coaches now are going to start introducing him. All right. So I, I would challenge you to, by the time we do our next episode, one of the segments I would like to do with you is um, coaching lineage. And that is, you, sure. I'll have you take one side of it, which will be those that have all stemmed from Bill Walsh, and I'll take the okay. ones that have stemmed from uh, Bill Parcells, and that would include okay. Bill Belichick. So we'll okay. have this debate, and I think that that would be cool to just kind of go back and forth. But anyways, that's just a note for future. With that being said, what Brady. I think is going to happen is, what I, as a Dolphins fan, I want Tom Brady to retire six years ago. So I, I my desire is that he'll retire, but they've been beating us so many years to where I went from hating him to where rec- I now recognize that we're seeing something that we probably won't ever see again. So it's actually changed from a deep hatred to a respect for both Tom Brady and Bill Belichick um, and their willingness to do whatever it takes to win. So they call them cheaters here, but I just they're the lines are there to be pushed. And it's the same sure. same thing with, you know, the Jadavian Clowney's late hit. There, you always have to kind of find that line and t- 
to get an advantage, you got to keep pushing. And I think that these, that is what Bill Belichick has done better than anyone else is find that line and then find ways to keep bulking at it and find the weaknesses in it. So for Tom Brady, yeah. I hope he retires. I think as I think same as you that he's going to resign with the Patriots, stick around and help them groom another quarterback. Um, yeah. But if they don't resign him by March, they're going to take a big portion of his uh, salary as a, a salary cap hit. So uh, I think they'll make a decision before then. And yeah, agreed. Now, just as a hypothetical, if he goes to a, uh, if for some reason they don't resign him, he goes to a different team. Where does he go? Chargers or Broncos? I think Chargers or Broncos. How long is it been going? Okay. Chargers or Broncos? That'd be interesting. Yes. So I agree. In the case of the Chargers. They would have their almost ready to retire quarterback of Philip Rivers and replace him with an older quarterback, is what you're saying? I think they would do that solely from a fan interest standpoint. I think they need to reinvigorate the Chargers franchise. I think since the move, they've lost a lot of fans. And I think they need to do something to reinvigorate that fan base. And I think bringing Brady over could potentially help that happen. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Um, I can tell you this from a couple of years ago. I went to the game in the Chargers uh, stadium in Carson, their temporary field. Uh, well, first off, my first thing I noticed was that it was almost like a high school game and that it was like 30,000. 30, um, but of those 30,000 that were there, there was probably, I'd say two thirds Dolphins fans, and then the other third was Chargers fans. And we, you know, they're very hospitable, really cool tailgates, um, cool place to have the games, but their fans were pissed at the ownership. Like the Spanos. They, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. They yeah. hated them with the passion. So I don't know that they're ever going to get um, what they're looking for in LA. I don't know that. I think that they might have burned too many bridges getting there. Well, you know, once the Raiders move to Vegas, I don't think people in that area are going to have much of a choice. I mean, Rams, I, I think people, I don't know. I don't know about the Rams either. Well, but see, the Rams at least have history there. They've got roots in the fact that they were there once That's before. Um, the Char- Well, the Chargers were L.A. Chargers in the past, too. Is that a true stat? I'm pretty sure. I, I almost want to fact check you. Just to stay consistent. <laughs> you could be right, but in in the meantime, so let's you said the Broncos would be the other one. What would be the reason for that? Well what was that one more time, sorry. Uh the Broncos was your other pick. Why why Denver? Oh. I think uh Tom Brady is infamous. Or I, I'm sorry, not Brady. Uh Elway is infamous for bringing in old retired quarterbacks. And I think that this would be the next one on his bucket list. You know, they have a good young quarterback in lock currently, and I think he's the future. But Elway, uh, you know, I really question his move from bringing a Flacco. You know, bringing a statue into your offense is never a good move. Right. Uh, and I think, you know, he probably views Brady as a very successful quarterback and would love to have a piece of that in his franchise. So it wouldn't surprise me if Elway pursued him. And that might be a little bit of a stretch, but – it wouldn't surprise me with uh, Elway's history. Right. Right. 
Um, so I, I think of two potential destinations for Tom Brady. Um, one of them would be, uh, really, really a stretch would be Tennessee because he's still really good friends with Mike Vrabel. No, would know the system could step in there. I mean, if let's be honest, if Ryan Tannehill can be plugged into that offense and they're, you know, a playoff team, if you plug in Tom Brady there and he stays healthy, they could be a Super Bowl contender, maybe. I don't know. No way. You see, Tannehill can still run. Yeah, you know where he ran? He scrambled from time to time. He ran right to his accountant and said, cash this check quick because I ain't going to do shit for Miami. That's where he ran. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hey. Uh, he ain't running no more. Yeah, Happy. no, he's waiting. But, he's patiently yeah. waiting. He was getting that backup money, and he's about to get right. that fuck you money pretty soon. Right. So. Tannehill is a big-bodied quarterback. I mean, he will run straight into defenders. You know, he is yeah. he he brings that element to your offense. Brady, there's no way he's doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, and I agree, but I just think that uh, a he'd be going there. Like if you plugged him in with that offense now and gave him Derrick Henry as an offensive weapon, and he's already had you know Super Bowl success with Deion Lewis, and then you know AJ Brown and Corey Davis are. You know, you plug them into the Patriots and they're instantly your one and two starter versus even with Julian Edelman there. So mm. the other one yeah. is uh, I would say you already know what I'm going to say. The Miami Dolphins. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think he comes in there. I think that we would take a quarterback in this next draft, uh, whether it be Tua or I personally like Justin Love, but I think they're going to probably go after uh, the kid from Oregon. Have him. Yeah. yeah, I think that they're going to – well, that's – I mean, this is another episode, but as far as who they're going to draft, they have that quarterback mentor, you know what I'm saying, play a couple years under um, Tom Brady, learn from him. and But the thing is, is that if that's – you know, in this hypothetical scenario, Tom Brady's out in the first three games because our line can't protect him to keep him upright, so – that that sure. would be the actual result, but yeah, no, I could I could see him doing it. Yeah, is that uh, you know they they bring him in. He's a veteran presence. He could teach some of the younger guys, especially if they draft a new quarterback, um, and you know maybe lift his Miami curse because he'd be playing on the right side. Ah, oh, this guy. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't see him going to a divisional mm-hmm. rival. You don't no see way. him going far, is what you're saying. I don't see him going Favre. I agree with that. Well, Favre made a pit stop no in New York first, though. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. All right. So next thing is, um, who is the biggest Pro Bowl snub? Duh. Aaron Jones. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. He didn't, Aaron, he really he didn't, has many, they didn't vote him in, really? He didn't. No, he did not get in. He did not get in. He had 14 touchdowns, just like McCaffrey. Uh, the difference, though, he had more yards per target in the in, in receptions that he had. Uh, yeah, I I thought that was pretty whack, man. He should have been in the All-Star game. Well, you know what he really was? Pro Bowls. He was the, um, the MVP as far as fantasy football, for sure. Fantasy, goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he killing was. everybody. Come on, 
He uh, well, so was McCaffrey though. He was he was killing it in fantasy too. Right, but Aaron Jones specifically his production in the fantasy playoffs, like he hit that stride at perfect moment. Yeah, he did. I was like, sad. I, I can tell him. you from the league that uh, me and Eric and Tommy are in. Um, are you in that one? Oh yeah, you're Is that the, the one that came in dead last. Yeah, didn't win a single game. So, um, oh, hey, but I tied one. Okay, you tied one. That's fine. I mean, cool. I was just gonna make a really bad joke, but I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're happy with your tie, I mean, that's your. That Look, is, it is what prerogative. it is. If we also have something that you need to, uh, as our I last got a license case. plate, huh? No, not a license plate. It's this right here. Oh. Oh, uh, <laughs> nice. So we need this to be in your back oh, window. So the next time I crap. see you, this definitely oh, is man. coming your way, sir. All and just, right, uh, what enough. does it say out loud? Just so I suck at fantasy football, honk to shame me. Absolutely. All We're right, going to change fair. shame that's, to shave me, though. Um, <laughs> Gross. It's going to get real awkward. Dude. <laughs> I don't have any hair on my head, so I don't know what's going to happen there. <laughs> We're going tweezers to cheeks is what's happening right there. Man, that is not a good look. <laughs> good luck, yeah. Jeez. All right. So uh, did you have any Gosh. other um, people you think that got snubbed in the Pro Bowl? Um, not especially. I mean, no one else that – Really didn't get picked. You know, there's a lot of calamity that Dak didn't get picked. I don't think he was worthy of it. Uh, you know, Darren Waller from the Raiders, he was he was pretty decent, but I just uh I just don't think it was worthy. You know, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, he might have got his way into the Pro Bowl. I mean, the way he picked it up, but you know, the voting was already done by the time he showed up to play. So Right, right. Uh, you snooze snooze you lose. Uh, but no, Aaron Jones for me was the biggest snub. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, in interest of, yeah, yeah, no, I, I thought he actually made the Pro Bowl because that your yours would be uh, who I would pick. But, okay. but since I assumed he wasn't, uh, that he was already on the team, I actually picked someone else. Uh, so, okay. Who is that? Uh, well, it is, um, Man, Devontae Parker. Okay. I think Devontae right. Parker with the list, because the people who did make it was DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, and Tyreek Hill. Statistically, he did better than two of those four. Yeah, but Parker only picked it up in the last half of the season. Well, I mean, that's – well, yes. he. I think he had a few – uh, on a very very bad team, he had okay games, and then as right. he built some chemistry with uh, Fitz Magic, it definitely picked it up as far as uh, you know his production followed the fact that they were comfortable with each other. And I picked him up on fantasy. He did good for me the second half. Right, right. It didn't help me win any games, but I still picked him up. Right, right. So in fact, um, with that being said, is uh, I was wrong. It's actually the only people who beat him in yardage wise were on the NFC side. So he actually beat all of those, every single, all four of those uh, wide receivers that are on the AFC team. 
Oh wow! The only team he, the only one he didn't have more receiving yards in on the AFC was Travis Kelsey. But then that's you know, uh, tight right. end. So that's a tight end. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. He should have been in there. Yeah, you definitely Especially considering the record of the team and you know the the production he had. I think that <laughs> I think that definitely works, and he should he should be so, uh, in the Pro Bowl. I agree with that. Just so you know. Is the slurping sound that you just made? This isn't going to be any video, Mike. So, <laughs> or it is video. Oh, okay, never mind. Then it will make sense. I was going to say all people are going to hear is you making this loud slurping noise <laughs> with no explanation. Now they're going to watch the video and they're going to think you made the slurping noise while you were drinking. So it's great. No, I'm okay with that. But I just the random or whatever <laughs> until they get to this point then they'll know that yeah, it was me yeah. and well see you. and I, I didn't know that we were actually moving forward with the video so that way to go johnny way to go man i just 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 ruined the magic way to go I? man totally Golly. did all right so aaron jones and Devonte parker are biggest snubs i guess that makes sense you know yeah. and it's cool we covered one nfc one afc so true story true story i'm sure there's a couple other ones equal love um Tommy? Oh, KJ Wright? Mm. KJ, KJ Wright from the Seahawks? <laughs> I can see that. He's He definitely was a difference maker on their team. Yeah. All right. Cool. No, it should have been. Who's that Who's that offensive lineman that gets all the false start penalties? <laughs> That's who it should have been. Yeah. I, I can't remember what his name is. I don't think I'm going to have to remember either. it either after this offseason. Uh, I, uh, I think you're right, too. Oh, man. Man. That guy. He would. It was my pro bowler for them. There you go. All right. So that is our NFL coverage for now. So what we'll do is um, we got a big game coming up on Monday for the college football playoffs that's going to determine the championship. Um, I was supposed to be enjoying a fifth of Tito's <laughs> currently based off the fact that I correctly per- picked the first two matchups against Tommy. Um and like his opinion, I guess it doesn't really matter. So <laughs> it, it didn't show up, so it don't matter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I picked LSU and Clemson. Um, Jermaine Effetti. Jermaine Effetti. Effetti. Yeah. Thank you. Effetti. Yeah, he's, Thank you. He's a very shaky. <laughs> he's a very better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, so going into this game, um, you've got LSU. Hey, real quick, before we move on, hold on, before we move on to the from the NFL, I just want to point out that August 14th, 1959, the Los Angeles Chargers were established. All right, cool. So Okay, and I'm done. Hold on, let me check the cupboard. I'm going to go get a cookie. Do you want it mailed to you or delivered in person? You know, I would like for you to hand it to me in person. In person, yeah, absolutely. No, I don't know. You're, I don't know where you're at. I've yeah. never seen this room in your house. Oatmeal, please. <laughs> Oatmeal. Got to <gotta laughs> keep it regular. I got gotcha. you. That's right. All right. Fiber. All right. So LSU versus Clemson. Who do you got? Well, um, I'll be honest. I, I'm not like a super huge college buff. Um, I do 
think that LSU is a tough team. That whole region that those schools reside in are football towns, football schools, uh, and then the real deal. But uh, with that being said, I think Clemson's going to win. And I know they're the underdogs, but you have a Heisman Trophy quarterback. You have a team that knows how to win. You got a team that's riding high. They got a lot of momentum. Uh, I think the underdog is going to come in and win this game on Monday night. Right. Okay. Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. So with that being said, is my original prediction for this one, me and Tommy had made our picks, was Clemson as well. Stop dancing. Really? Yeah, really? I picked, yeah. I picked, I'm shocked by that. Well, the reason why is because if you have a coach whose nickname is Debo, Dabo, you, I can't bet against you. LSU to me seems like they caught. Uh, they're kind of riding high right now, but Clemson's been doing it consistently. They've been in this championship game what like the last four or five years. Yeah, they know how to win it. Right, and then LSU doesn't have the experience. I think Joe Burrow um, is, in my opinion, overrated. Um, mm. I think that Trevor Lawrence, on the other hand, is not overrated. I think he is. Very good quarterback of the future, and I I can't wait till he's eligible. Like, I like Trevor Lawrence so much, sunshine, um, <laughs> to where I would be willing to put up. I'm saying this now, but I may eat these words later. I'd put up with a real shitty season again from the Dolphins just to see them draft him the year after that. That's how much I like Trevor Lawrence. I I think that he would be a good target for uh, the Packers. I don't think he'll be in the in the the draft that late in the round because they're probably going to be going last because they're going to win the championship. But uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, he'll be going to a, a a a team with a high pick in the draft. I agree. So yeah, you know, Dolphins Dolphins could get him. <laughs> Football Fabio might be coming to you. There you go. I'll take it. Hey, you know what? I was gonna immediately hit you with the the clap back on that but because um the result of the bullshit that you were just saying would be us getting trevor lawrence <laughs> i'm gonna allow it so <laughs> sustain yeah all right, we're in good. the court champagne all right all yes. right so we got we agree on clemson um if i yeah, remember clemson. right tommy's pick was well his pick was oklahoma because he's a homer um <laughs> But I think he picked LSU, so we would have disagreed on that as well. I think that LSU is just, you know, Clemson, this is just another day at the office. They're going to go in there. They're going to know know right. how to win this game. They're going to know, you know, they're well coached. They got a lot of talent. You know, this is, this is a class that's come from, you know, watching Deshaun Watson. So these are all when he was winning. These are now – those recruits yep. coming through the pipeline, and I think that that was a huge boost for them. They're super talented. Yeah. I I just I don't I see them losing, even though they are the underdog. I see them winning this. It's going to be a close game, but I see them winning. I think the underdog is just so people can make money in Vegas. You know, that's always a possibility. And uh, as we're speaking, the 49ers are up 7-0. <laughs> nice. All right, so – uh, now we're going to go into the UFC um, predictions for this main card coming up on January 18th. So a week from today, next Saturday. And we're going to start. At yeah, the, I can't wait for this card. 
Oh yeah, you're hyped up, man. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So the first one on this uh, main card is going to be Anthony Pettis versus Diego Ferreira. I'm not sure if I'm saying the name right, but we're going to roll with it. Ferreira. Ferreira. From Brazil. Yeah, that too. <laughs> All right. So yeah. in this one, um, who are you taking? Who do you think's got the advantage in this fight? I think Diego's going to win. Okay. I think Diego's going to win. Uh, you know, and Anthony is good. Showtime. Uh, he's been around. He's got a lot of experience. He's explosive. But uh, I don't think he is himself like he was back in the past. I just don't think he's got that killer instinct that he used to have. Um, I think Diego's going to be able to come in, take him down, and dominate him on the ground. Uh, Anthony's ground game is okay. You know, he has an explosive and unpredictable striking game. But I think Diego, like a lot of Brazilian fighters, they know how to defend that. They know how to take you down and beat you up. And I think that's what's going to happen to Pettis. Okay. So, Diego. All right. So, watching Diego. Diego. Th thank you. <laughs> I'm the map. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Was that Dora's cousin, Diego? Yeah, oh. it was. It was. Vamanos. <laughs> Everybody, let's go. Hey. <laughs> All right. So I am going to pick Anthony Pettis. And uh, I liked Diego's last performance. He looked very, very dominant in the first two rounds of that fight. In the third round of that fight, he looked tired, and he very nearly lost this fight, and he was kind of just coasting. And for me, I I hate when football teams do that, and I hate when, especially when fighters do it, to where they stop trying to win and start trying not to lose. That is one of my biggest mm. pet peeves, and it will instantly turn me from a fan of yours into rooting for you to get your ass kicked. Um, yeah. Anthony Pettis. Okay, now, in fair. interesting thing about Anthony Pettis, and the reason why, because I thought that this fight was going to be pretty close. Anthony has a little bit of an edge as far as experience-wise. The reason why I gave him the edge is because if you go back his last eight fights, he has a pattern, and it is win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Coming off the loss to Nate Diaz, so he's do that win. And, you know, sometimes if you, if you see a pattern, you just got to roll with it. So that's that's really – it was a toss-up, and that's how I came to my decision. Okay, okay. Better's chance. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. That's how I play roulette. So that's All good. Right, see, there you go. All right. So then the next matchup, we got a women's. Uh, I think it's strawweight. Uh, Claudia yep. uh, Claudia Gadelia versus Alexa Gedalia. Grasco. Yeah. Between these two, who do you got? Uh, I'm going with Claudia. I think Alexa is good. Uh, she's younger. She's an inch taller. But I just think that Claudia is just too gritty. She's got experience. Um, and I think she's going to go in there and bully Alexa. Uh, you know, Alexa's always got a puncher's chance. But I just think Claudia, you know, she's in the ultimate fighter. She knows um, MMA. She knows how to fight well. And she's got good takedown and ground game. Uh, so I think that Claudia is just going to smother her and, and win this fight. Okay, that's fair. Now, did you see Alexa's last fight? I did. And it was impressive. It was. It was very impressive Like, because she starched an yes. up-and-comer who was supposed to be the next big thing. And she kind of put Correct. a whole roadblock in that and made her eat canvas in a, yeah. in a very explosive fashion. So I, I really like Alexa. I think she's coming into this fight at the right time. 
She's riding that momentum. She was a huge underdog in that fight, and I feel like she's a huge underdog in this fight. Um, Claudia Gadelia is one of the few uh, fighters that I follow on Instagram. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of hers, uh, and I like that she's a fighter as well. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, both. Of the, let me tell you is that these, in the, in the case of both of these women, they're very, very attractive Latin women. And very yes, true. And it's, it, I'm rooting for both of them. If I could, I'd have it be a simultaneous knockout where they hit each other in the face at the same time, but don't hurt anything in their faces. That's, that's, what I'm that's all right. No swelling, <laughs> no bruising. <laughs> like, it reminds me, like when you were in middle school and high school, all right, man, we go in slap box, but no face shots. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Let's just hit each other behind the back of each other's yeah, ear. So there's no mark. Exactly. Just in case. I don't need these teachers to start asking questions about the fight club behind the portable. <laughs> right, right, exactly. All right, so exactly. that being said is I, too, am going to take Claudia. I just think she's she's pretty well-rounded. I like her ground game. Um, Alexa definitely has a puncher's chance, but I'm going with Claudia. Right on. Um, all right, so the next one is uh, – I didn't actually know too much about either one of these guys, so I did some research, but we got Alexei Oleg- Olenek versus Maurice Green. Yeah, you know, uh, this was an interesting one for me just because you have someone that is so experienced uh, that has just been in the game forever. Yeah, 850 Right. I mean, yeah. truly. Yeah, it's crazy. He was uh, he was uh, Frank Shamrock's first coach, so it's crazy. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. He really wasn't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you're like, really? Check her up. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so. Alexei is coming in, very experienced, very good grappler, good fighter, but um, he's going against a beast. I mean, Maurice Green, this guy, he's 6'6", 260 pounds. I mean, this is a big dude, and I I think Maurice is going to be too much. And he's going to come in, and I think he's going to knock Alexei out in the first round. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, this is a heavyweight fight. You know, this is the guy who's throwing bombs, so I just don't think, you know, Alexei is 42 years old. I don't think he can sustain taking bombs like that. Yeah. And that's 42 years of, uh, of actual in ring experience because the guy's really, <laughs> that's because he's super, old. he's actually 60. Yeah. He's actually 642 <laughs> in Dalmatian years. No, uh, he's got a lot of experience, which I think helps him against a guy like Maurice green. Um, I watched a couple of Maurice green's fights. I was impressed with his power, I was not really impressed with him as a fighter. So I think that um, if Alexei picks his shots, wears him down, I think he could pull it off. So I'm, I'm actually going to go with Alexei on this. I, after okay. doing my research, right. I, I think he's more well-rounded. And just that experience is going to be the difference for him in that fight. I like it. I like okay. it. All right. So next up, we got Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. Man. You know, I was so excited when Holly Holm came to the UFC because I followed her in her uh, Muay Thai career, in her boxing career. I'm sorry, it was boxing, not Muay Thai, in her boxing career. And she was so successful. So when she was making that transition to the UFC, I was so pumped. She beat Ronda Rousey, and that was amazing. And since then, she just really hasn't done much. Um Raquel Pennington, I think, is just a tough fighter. I think Raquel is one of those fighters that has gotten better as her career has gone on. 
and I think she's a stronger fighter now. Um, I think Raquel is going to take this fight. Uh, I like Holly. I like, I mean, she has so much potential to me. She has so much potential like Alistair Overeem to me, who should absolutely be dominating the heavyweight ranks right now. But for some reason, it, it just isn't. And I thought she would be kind of the same thing, but she's turned out to be the same where she came over and uh, has had a couple big wins. But since then, when she comes against really tough MMA competitors, uh, she struggles because I think she's still mostly boxing and on her feet and on her ground. Her her ground game is pretty non-existent, and that is Raquel's strong point. Uh, Holly can win with the leg kick or something early, but other than that, Raquel's going to take her down and wear her out and uh, get a TKO, in my opinion. Okay. And then for me, uh, I really like Holly Holm for the fact that she knocked Ronda Rousey off of her pedestal. Like, to me, that was was huge. Um, Head kick. Yeah, because I remember, it's funny, is it was such a significant thing at the time that I remember exactly where I was at. (laughs) Do you remember where you were when this happened? I was at home. Okay. Well, I was at a company meeting and I remember being in the middle of, of doing some of the workshop breakout things. And somebody told me this and in the middle of it, I was so pumped up that I started, you know, this is like a formal dining setting. And I started, yeah, I just get super. (laughs) So it was, uh, yeah, that's, that's how big it was at the time. And ever since then, um, you know, She's been kind of a disappointment, and I, I really wanted to. I still do root for her, and I hope she does well. Yeah. But she has not given me much to root for over the last couple of years, especially. Um, I think, and she does train with John Jones. Yeah. You know, but she's pr- yeah. not 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 uh, siphoning any of those picograms from him. Is that what's happening? <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Well, I mean, John Jones is such a piece of shit cheater that she could probably take like blood draw from him, inject it into her. She's a two division world champ. No doubt. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Just from the oxygenation. That's what it is. It's got to get the red blood cells flowing, is all. Uh, right. So, Osmosis. yeah, with that fight, though, I, um, I'm going to take Pennington as well. Um, it's mostly, I like both fighters. I think Raquel's been, you know, she's done good against everyone but the cream of the crop. And that is, you know, right. she's lost to Amanda Nunez. She lost to Jermaine. And I don't remember how to say her name, but the one who just got beat by Nunez. Um, mm-hmm. Those are her last two losses. After that, if you take common op- opponents, she actually dominated uh, Misha Tate. And Misha Tate yeah. beat Holly Holm. So, I mean, that's right. in a weird way. MMA math doesn't always work out the way it's supposed to, you know. But in this case, I definitely am going to take uh, Pennington. And I think it's going to come. Right I think on. it's going to be a submission probably in like second round. That's okay. she wears it down a little bit. Yep, I dig it. Ooh, 7-7. Seven, seven. Vikings just scored. Nice. <clears throat> Good game. All right. So now the main event of the evening. Connor McGregor. Yep. Connor Mystic Mac McGregor versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Who do you got? Oh, man. Hands down, the man, Conor McGregor, coming back from all his juvenile activities, has uh, refound himself uh, in in interviews I've been watching of him leading up to this fight. Uh, He seems to be that same calm, 
stake that he had going into that Aldo fight. And I think that's a dangerous place for other fighters uh, because he is just so calm and zen. Uh, I think that with that being said, uh, Cerrone is towards the end of his career. I think Cerrone would love to win this fight, of course. But for Cerrone, it's just a big payday. And I think this is just what it is. And, uh, you know, Cerrone's going to compete, but I think McGregor's going to dominate the fight and knock him out. Okay, any prediction for what round? Uh, I'm going to go with the second oh. round. I think it'll be a feeling out period. I think uh, I think you're going to see a Cerrone that was very similar to when he fought Nate Diaz that just kind of jumps around and throws some straight punches because he doesn't know what else to do. Because I think McGregor's movement and uh, southpaw stance is going to throw Cerrone off a little bit. And I think, uh, yeah, I think, that, I think that'll be it. A quick left hand. The hand of... Put her down. It's got a touch of death in that left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing I think he's got a touch of now is like a pampered silver spoon. This Conor McGregor that you're seeing nowadays is a rich man who no longer has to fight for his. And I think that that is the, sh- the shift in his fighting career came with him being successful and making all that money. I think he's not hungry anymore. I think that this doesn't matter to him anymore, and I think that that's what's going to get him beat by a Cowboy Cerrone on this event. Mm. Cowboy has kind of always been a badass, and he doesn't really care where the fight goes. Now, the mistake that I see Cowboy possibly making is for him being goaded into uh, the stand-up game by Connor. Just from him, he's already started to to call him out. I think it was uh, first person who goes for a, for a takedown is a cow bitch, is what he was saying. Sure. Oh, that's what no, Cerrone that's said? what McGregor was saying. Well, of course, you know, McGregor <laughs> wants him to fight his fight. Absolutely. Right. Right. Which is, you know, it's not a bad strategy. Uh, it's going to be, um, I think that Cowboy Cerrone is going to submit him in the fourth. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. And I'm, th- I'm going to say it's going to be rear naked in the fourth, just like Khabib. Wow. And the reason why I think that you're, Cerrone's not Khabib. <laughs> I never said he was. No way. But McGregor's not hungry either. I think he is. I think he feels he's got something to prove now. Yeah, I, I just want him to prove that um, he's not as much of a scumbag as he's been displaying. He's definitely got a taste of that rich life. And, you know, some people are just not meant to have money. And I think he's one of those people. Sure. He definitely is. Yeah. He invested in a... Um, a whiskey company that is subpar um have you have you ever had the proper 12 yeah i brought it over yeah right it good. see it, it, it no it wasn't it was awful it it was cheap i wasn't it wasn't no. bad i've had yeah, worse yeah you've had worse i've had worse okay I, we're not talking about the rubbing alcohol in your medicine cabinet like that that's worse <laughs> Look. agreed he has made so much money mm. off that whiskey. Though. That's right. I didn't say if it was, uh, you know, if sales success, you can sell a lot of something and it still be garbage. And that is the case with this whiskey. It is terrible. It is bad. Cause if you, I mean, no, it- if you have, cause if you take the price point for what it costs and you take a similar good whiskey, it, it doesn't compare. It, it's, they haven't had enough, ch- enough chance to really perfect their design they haven't aged it long enough. And, and granted, I know it's only the aging is a big piece. Right. They That's need true. the barrels, all that. So it, it, there's a big difference if 
And until you try one of those good ones, you don't know that you're drinking a bad one. Well, I've had McCollin's 18-year scotch before. That stuff's good. Yeah. Smooth. Uh, you know, this this stuff that he has is okay. I drink it again. Like, I'm not going to not drink right. it. But it's not first on my list when I Right. I was going to say, if we, if we went to a bar and I said, hey, order me a whiskey, whatever you like, I feel like there's going to be a long list of ones that you would order before that got on there. No, if we went to a bar and they had proper whiskey, I would get you a shot of proper the whiskey. The proper 12? Yes. Why? Because you're an asshole. Just so I can say, <laughs> just so I can say that you drank proper 12. Cool. I mean, it's all right. If you want me to pour it out in front of you, it's perfect. <laughs> well, it's only four bucks a shot, so it's not that big of a well, deal. Well, after this, this most recent victory... <laughs> what is that accent? The beep coming yeah. in now? What is that? Send me location. Calling out the hey, winner. Send me location. Send me location. <laughs> Number one bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely think the cowboy has got more of a chance because what's what I've seen is a lot of the scuttlebutt is that this is a a gimme fight to Connor to kind of get him back on the winning track so then they could set up these other fights between him and like Masvidal. And maybe even a matchup, a rematch with Khabib, and that he's just a stepping stone. And those type of fights are the right. ones that Cerrone shows up for is when he's supposed to be somebody's doormat. I, right. I just. Well, <clears throat> you know, I I love Cowboy. I love watching him. I respect him for who he is as a person and what he's done for the UFC. But he's just not championship caliber. Yeah, he's kind of one of those journeymen. That's the same. You know what is? I have a similar view on Holly Holm like we were talking before. Granted, she did win the yeah, championship, I but I always felt like she was right on the cusp. Kind of like a John Fitch. John Fitch. Yeah. Always in yeah, that I upper agree with echelon. That. Yep, he was right yeah. there. That was an ugly dude, John too. Fitch? Man, he should have been a champ. He earned it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you when you take yeah, a beat in your face like that, him. let me tell you. His fight with George St. Pierre was great. That was a great yeah, fight. Yeah, he's had some good ones. Like uh, He was always good. Yes. Just right there. Just not enough to win, but just enough to look good on TV. Right. True story. True story. And, okay, just real quick, MMA, while we're on this ball, you know, before we end this, uh, Israel Adesanya versus John Jones. I want to see that fight. Okay. Really bad. Who do you think wins that fight? It depends on what weight it's at. Okay, let's go with. I don't see John Jones cutting to go to Israel, so it's probably it best two hundred five. I don't either. Well, he doesn't need to. I think you know Israel said. Israel said two years he'll go up and fight John, but he wants to clear out his division first. And I think two years more of experience and two years of aging John Jones. By the time they fight, I think Israel's going to win. If they were to fight right now, man, it'd be a really good fight. I don't know who would win that fight, but I would love. See, to I don't see it. John Jones like he has cleared out his division. So if he, I don't see him waiting around True. at two hundred five for him or cutting down to one eighty five. Right, but John Jones, he's been tweeting about Israel nonstop. Like he knows he's the next up and comer guy, so he's trying to get him in the ring with him. And Israel is just like, look, I'll get to you when I get to you type of attitude. So it's been very interesting. Right. It's been very interesting. I think that he's got to strike while the iron's hot and fight him sooner than later because with John Jones, you never know when the next uh, 
victim of a hit and run cocaine or picograms or uh par- or pico yeah, de gallo parallelograms yeah, so the this all of these <laughs> start showing up on his blood test and be like what's that sir it's all oh, this is a yeah. this is a graph huh. john jones <laughs> blood test <laughs> is that chips and salsa <laughs> nice. extra spicy <laughs> Yeah, no, but I, I personally, okay, so whether or not the fight happens, so weight aside, let's say John Jones moves up to heavyweight, uh, Israel Sonia clears out his division, then the catch weight that they come up with is 205. That fight happens within, let's say, two years. Who wins? Hmm. I think Israel will win at that point. Okay. I think he'll be too fast and too strong. Um, he's just, he's like, to me, the version, uh, you know, how Lamar Jackson is <laughs> Michael Vick 2.0. I think Israel is John Jones. 2.0. Oh, okay. I mean, any opportunity where you want to go ahead and circle back to Lamar Jackson, let's go ahead and take it. LJ. <laughs> uh, so you think that Israel is like a, a better version of John Jones, better, younger. Yes, I, I, I do. Okay. In this case, if you have two things that are similar for me, you got to go with the original. Um, I I think that Israel showed a lot of uh, vulnerability in his game um, when he fought Kevin Gastelum, um, which was a really good fight, uh, and he pulled it out. So I won't take that from him. Um, but I do think that I, I think Yoel Romero could be Israel Tanya. Well, that's the guy that he's calling right, out now. Which, he's calling out, yeah, which would be a great fight. And I think that would be a huge test for Israel to really test where he's at because Romero's a freaking The only thing that worries me about Romero is the fact that he might have a little too many miles on him because he is a very older uh, fighter. And he's getting to that. He's mm-hmm. like at that Tom Brady age. I mean, that's true. That's true. But, I mean... Randy Couture fought that he was 50. Yeah, that's true. But for me, I think that it comes down to uh, John Jones is the originator. I think he's – they're very similar size-wise. I think they're even similar reach-wise, which is both of them have, like, abnormally long arms. Um, that is correct. I just – There was another fighter that should have been as good as them, Anthony Davis. He should have been as good as Jones, too, in my opinion. He had such a great body for that. Yeah, yeah. But I just think – Oh well. I'd love to see John Jones get beat up. I just don't think Israel's going to do it. Definitely won't be DC. Yeah, I think John Jones, like the first time he's really, really going to get beat up, is probably going to be by his cellmate when he finally does something stupid enough to end him up in prison. Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be when he takes that literally that ass whooping and that ass pounding same time. <laughs> hey, uh, who do you think is going to be the NFL MVP? Oh, without a doubt, uh, someone who will remain nameless because I'm not circling back around to Lamar Jackson. Oh, get off his dick! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> the freaking blitzkrieg, as Mark, as Mark Ingram would say, the MVP front runner. If anybody else got something to say different about that, they can come see me. I'm right here in Beatmore outside the bank. 
You got an issue with that? Right Come next to me. the Dunkin' Donuts. I'll be holding up a sign. <laughs> It'll say, see me. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Oh man! All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Um, so this is our first episode. I think it went pretty well. Um, so next time we'll come back to you, uh, hopefully within a couple weeks. But we'll post the next one, and uh, yeah, that's a wrap. Have a good one, y'all. Deuces. Mike one out.